Okay, now we're live. Welcome to Timmons Podcast. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. Glad to be here. What's up, Danny? How's it going? What's up? We are rocking it in the basement. We're live, bro. We're live. But not like technically. We're half live, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We are live here, and then I'll edit it, and then I'll throw it up on uh, all other platforms. We're live to us right now, and we'll be live to the audience when we're live. Right. Right, which will be when you guys are watching this. Makes complete sense. Yeah, makes yeah. complete sense. I think so. <laughs> How's it going, bro? Doing fantastic, man. Yeah. Got these allergies, you know, out here in Florida. You're feeling it too. I'm huh? feeling it as well. Do you get allergies in Indiana too? I do. Yeah, okay. but in Indiana, I call it COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the what we're all calling. Down it here, now. no, I don't yeah. call it COVID oh, okay. at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, COVID doesn't exist in Florida. No, it doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm sure not seeing that. Yeah. Uh, quick story. Yeah. Um, today I went to the coffee shop, got this. Nice. Hat. Look at that. Yeah. Represent the brands. Yes, sir. Old yes, Florida sir. Coffee Co. Um, we'll talk more about that so people know. But in in the coffee shop, there were two ladies, and they had masks on, but the masks were like Bane masks. Like, oh wow. Like, it was Just, something I'd never seen, and she had like the biggest. I mean, it was strapped to her face. Oh like, really? Strapped close. And, um, like ventilators, Jason, like yeah. Wow. Jason was, I think it's Jason, uh-huh. was having a difficult time trying to understand their order because <laughs> they like <laughs> trying to talk to him about. Like, what I would want. like to get. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Fort Pierce is reckoning. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can I get a latte? They got, they got like yeah, a latte That's or something. Hilarious. They got one of the seasonal drinks because they're like, oh, oh yeah, and it was yeah. the lady who brought the other lady. Um, there's two two women who are like mm. um, one of them has been to your coffee co- place a couple times. Oh, really? The other one was the first time. She was the one with the mask. The Zip Bane mask. Her, she's yeah. straight up owning the villain role. Here. It was like, crazy. Yeah, she looked. Minions. She looked. <laughs> she looked like a villain. That's it uh, probably Valchi's vision of a new state. Is just yeah. everyone walking around with Bane masks. She's the the pinnacle of healthy. Yeah. Well, uh, true. Was, yeah. Yeah. How, how deep do we want to go here? Because pretty was pretty, she healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing more was, need to be said. But she, she probably was, needs a ventilator more than yes. Yeah. It was interesting. Like yeah. It was interesting. I was like, Ooh. you never know what you're going to see, especially in season around here, because like anytime it's winter or like January through probably about May, we get all the New Yorkers and the New Jersey yep. people and they come down here and they act like they are supposed to act up there. So they'll wear their masks and they'll want to social distance. And we're just like, we don't do that crap here. Right. I don't know if you saw that video of DeSantis um, yeah, telling those the... kids, like, enough with the COVID theater. Take your mask off. I am this close to doing that to everyone I see. Just because wow. we don't do that down here. It's And it's been totally fine. I mean, I got allergies, but that mask doesn't stop. That actually makes yeah. it worse. So, you know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what it is. People I had allergies before understand. COVID. Yeah. I, have, I thought COVID was over, dude. I thought Putin solved it. Well, it is over, and I don't know if you've seen all of the headlines now with Russia. Now we have war, so COVID's not necessary anymore. Yeah. We we can fear other things now. Right. You know? As long as we're always afraid. That's the key. The state's happy, you know? That's, <laughs> that's how it is. So we're afraid of Putin now. He is uh, the equivalent of Hitler. Did you see MSNBC? This guy made it seem like Putin's invasion was worse than Hitler's invasion. No way. Yeah, he said he said Putin's invasion is very similar to Hitler's invasion, except Hitler didn't kill German citizens. What? Something not adding up there. So Putin's killing German citizens? Well, one. Or Putin's killing Russians. <laughs> That's one takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm so confused. No. Well, 
the Hitler, all the people he killed were German citizens. Like all the Jews that he killed were German citizens. Like it was yeah. the most ridiculous statement. It was yeah. a complete lie. What about the uh, mentally disabled or black people yeah. who were German? Oh, well, that's, well, that's he's considering anyone who wasn't white German not a German citizen. Right. He's racist. That's so racist. They commented, but it shows their propaganda because they're trying to make Putin this evil. Now, yeah. I'm not a Putin fan. We can dive into that, but right. he's not Hitler. Let's let's just be frank. He's not like trying. He actually stated he's trying to take out Nazis. Now, that's probably propaganda. But Hitler never said he was going to take out Nazis. Like, there's a clear difference between Putin and Hitler. Right. And uh, it just shows how much they're trying to manipulate everyone right now. I'm sure we'll dive into all yeah, that fun can, stuff. We can definitely dive into some of that fun stuff. <laughs> Let's keep it lightweight. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to keep it lightweight. We yeah. start off with like old Florida and well, we're yeah. about Putin and Hitler in like five seconds. No, I well, I I brought that lady up because um, you know, it just is. It's funny to see the two differences because old Florida is not that at all. Nope. Since we started in February of 2021, we never required masks and we never had any staff members wear masks. And February of 2021, that was very controversial. And we knew we'd get bad reviews and we did get some. Um, But overwhelmingly, people felt comfortable when they walked in and realized, oh, there's no restriction on how I'm supposed to live when I walk into this place. Like I can just be myself. So at first it was a lot of people wearing masks and some people getting disruptive, like confronting us, being like, your staff should wear masks. It's safe. You need to do your part. You're Mm. spreading the virus. You're killing people. We've gotten comments like that and we're just like, thanks for your opinion. You know, enjoy our coffee. It's freshly roasted. You know, (laughs) just like we don't want to engage in that. Um, We're not changing our policy it's our policy we it's our business we have a right to do it how we want to yeah and we've stood strong on that since the beginning and then the world has kind of changed around us so um that feels pretty good but it doesn't feel good because um of all the businesses that have in other states had to be locked down or completely shut down because other states weren't as fortunate as florida having a governor like desantis who said hey we're not going to shut down businesses Um, And so because of that, we were able to kind of thrive and we started a business in the midst of a pandemic where many businesses failed. Yeah. And that's just a testament to how much a state government can influence a person's livelihood. Right. Because, you know, federal government is a big deal, but it's really the state government that truly impacts your day to day life. I've never experienced that more than 2020. Yeah, it was insane. It was an awakening for sure. It was definitely an awakening. Yeah, it was. But I mean, hey, we've stood strong on that. We still don't do math. We're never gonna do mass. Mass is stupid. You know, it's just right. it's it's out there now. <laughs> it's I mean I think the CDC somebody validated that masks literally do nothing. Yeah, that's to the stop new, the spread. It's the new uh, info, the yeah. new data that secretly was revealed in the background. <laughs> well, what was the joke you told me earlier today about conspiracy theories? Okay, yeah. So what's the difference between a conspiracy? By the way, I need to credit uh, my uncle-in-law. I was over at my my wife's family. Um, we were we were with him this past week, and he kind of threw this out there. He's a little older Texan guy. Okay. And, and he goes, "What's the difference between a conspiracy and truth?" Yeah. I was like, "What?" He's like, Three months. <laughs> and it's exactly yeah. true. I mean, I've. It's crazy. Maybe three months is is a little bit rash, but I mean, two Six years. Like two years. two years ago, I remember saying and i'm not a prophet i'm not i don't credit spiritual prophecy for this i just credit logical eye-opening you know seeing what it is for what it is and uh, i remember when covid first started telling everyone like this is just going to be the seasonal flu like Mm. flu shots were down significantly that's a lot of money that that these companies are losing so i think there's other reasons that covid became what it became but i think one of those outcomes was we're going to 
increase recurring revenue for these pharmaceutical companies by reigniting the vaccine booster shot process, right? We're going to make everyone scared of COVID. Everyone's going to have to get the vaccine. And then after about two years, we're going to just make it a seasonal flu where you have to get the booster shot every year. Like, dude, March of 2020, I was telling that to, to my family. Like, that's what it's going to be. Literally, last week, the CDC director came out and said, COVID is just a seasonal virus. Mm. She, I mean, quote, that's a direct quote. I mean, I might have changed some of the words, but she said it's a seasonal virus. And so, I mean, all of this is coming true because it wasn't that hard to tell. Right. We just put the blinders on because we're comfortable, and this is the end result. Yeah, and, when you know, we saw, there was, I mean, I'm sure there's propaganda that came to us at that point, too, because we saw people dying on the streets, and we were freaking out. And it was a serious thing. A lot of people were feeling you, that. You saw people dying on the streets? Uh, not physically, but I saw the videos. People dying on the streets. You don't remember that during COVID? Oh, in China. Oh, in China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't trust anything that comes out of China. Yeah. It's just like right now with Ukraine and Russia. I see a lot of combat videos that are from a video game. Yeah. And it's insane. Dude. Yeah. That's a, one. It's pretty cool that the video game industry is so advanced that we can post a video game clip and everyone's like, "That's what's happening in Ukraine right now." <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of props to the video game developers. Yeah. What's but, reality? What's virtual reality? It's starting to. Starting the lines are getting blurry. Yeah. Meta, All right, let's step, step back a little bit. Let's talk about who you are. <laughs> throw, that, <laughs> throw that out there real quick. Right. What, what, we met four years ago when I packed up all my bags, got in my Dodge Dart. It's almost five, right? Four uh, and a half, right? Four, yeah, five will be in November. Oh, because you were in November. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. so four years. I got you. So, yeah, four, you're right, though. Almost. Wild, oh, almost dude. four and a half. Packed up my car, came down here, uh, and sat next to you my first day. And were uh, we down here? We were down here. This that's a this is a good point because where we are right now, this is about where I was sitting every day. Right. That and you were right on. across me. Yeah. We had a basketball hoop right there. Where the cameras? Are. Yeah. And we called it the sales and marketing basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't we call it the frat house? Yeah. Frat frat house. Frat house. I had many names. Yeah. Many names and many games. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, did work man. sometimes. It was good. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> um, but that's kind of where where we actually got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tell tell people a little bit about who you are. Give them an intro. Um, you know, you don't have to sum up everything, but just give them an idea of who you are. Yeah, uh, so I'm 26 years old, about to be 27, and uh, I've lived in this area my whole life. We're in Fort Pierce, Florida, by the way. This is the yep. WM Tech HQ, which we work for. Yep. I think last time we did a podcast, it was for the conference, right? It so, was. Yeah, yeah, it was a, sales, it was a uh, CLA conference. It was a yeah. CLA conference. Was cool. I don't think anyone could see your face because of the way I did the backdrop. Oh, yeah. They were like whitewashed us out. <laughs> so they, so they heard your voice, voice, but they didn't it's see It's like one face. of those CIA anonymous videos. <laughs> yeah. You should have just darkened my voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bill no. Gates is taking over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it would have gave me more credibility. Mm-hmm. This little, yeah, pipsqueak just saying Bill Gates theory. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, man, 26, and I uh, grew up in this area. Uh, went to college, never got a degree, uh, but I went for about four years. But I did find my wife, so I think I would consider that successful. Yeah. And I've uh, been married for almost five years. Got a two-and-a-half-year-old um, right down the trail down there. And yeah. uh, we live in the guest house on property. And then I have a baby on the way with my wife due in September. So, uh, <clears throat> What do you do at WM Tech? I'm the head of client experience here. So that means I, uh, 
I'm kind of running a lot of operations on one end of the spectrum. So uh, anything like website strategy, design, um, any content strategy. I mean, honestly, it's becoming so broad <laughs> these yeah. days, um, just assuming more responsibility, but really just trying to lead um, the company in a strategic direction um, yep. in terms of where we're going, what markets we're hitting, how we update our product and just really becoming a company um, rather than a startup. So yeah. uh, trying to shake it into that next generation of our of our company here. So get some solidified. You also yeah. um, are really good at listening to clients' visions and yeah. hearing what they want, and then making that into a reality. I've yeah. seen that happen a lot. That's not that's just one piece of what you do, but yeah. you really excel at that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's I love doing that. I like. Uh, I like finding in life in general the uniqueness in situations and like there's certain things when I hear a story or watch a movie or you know whatever it is like any anything involving storytelling there's certain things that attract me instantly like if you told me your story and who you were and you were trying to, de- to define a brand you know I would pinpoint those things that attracted me to your story and say that's what we need to put out there yeah. and uh, I also I also like come from a, a missional background and so like both of my grandparents in fact both of my grandparents were preachers and my wife's grandfather was a preacher so oh, wow. we have three generations of preachers um and i'm a christian i love the lord um jesus is, is everything honestly and um that's been a process in my life that was you know a character at first and then it became a real thing as i grew older um but it's really cool to be able to serve missional organizations and then try to understand what are the complexities because a lot of these organizations have complexities and what they yeah. do they're trying to do so many different things yeah and they're doing it so it's hard for them to step back and say how do we tell people about what we're doing in a simple way they just just throw it all out there um, and so it's been really cool for me to kind of hop in there and say hey these are the things I think that we need to identify as your kind of primary things you do and the things that I think will attract more and more people um, and then we build custom designs to kind of build around Make that, that. Um, and we've had a couple award nominated designs in the in the past couple of years which has been really cool and we've seen a lot of it success. validates it really validates yeah. what you're doing too yeah and it's and it's cool because like the designs and awards are cool but What's really cool is like we've seen um, conversion rates skyrocket. So they're giving, their online giving skyrocket. They're right. recruiting skyrocket. So their overall engagement from their website has gone up so much right. that it's it impossible. Makes it worth yeah, like engaging our services. Right. It's not yeah. just a marketing. It's not like hey, you signed a contract with us. We'll give you some cool branding ideas. It's like we want to see actual outcome because we're mission minded. So yeah. I, I don't want to work with you unless I can help you. Change more do. lives, share yeah. the gospel more, and transform communities around the world. And we work with um, what, 100 plus organizations yeah. now, and a lot of them you've sold. So it's cool because you've seen them from the beginning, yeah. and they're changing a lot of lives. And it's yeah. like, it's really cool to sit in an office and have that type of residual impact. We're not doing it, but we're at least assisting. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a cool way we found our role in the body of Christ. So. Uh, yeah, yeah long answer, but that's that's part of what I love doing every day. So I got a question for you. Um, what generation of Christian would you be? Do you think third or fourth or generation of Christian? In, you know, like in like, my family? Yeah. So like my parents. Let me just my parents. They were, they were new believers. Both families yeah. were not believers. Right. So they'd be first generation. I would be second. Right. Because I'm a Christian. And then what? Where would you be um, in that? I think I'm. It depends on the side, but I think on my dad's side, I'm third generation Christian. 
on my mom's side, I'm third generation. And on even Ren, my wife, third generation. she's third generation on both sides. That's cool. So, and what's really cool is Cora, our daughter, is fourth generation. Yeah. And one of the biggest blessings ever, I just thought about this yesterday, is the fact that I don't have to shelter her from any side of the family because they're dysfunctional. Mm. Like every side, and you don't think about these things until you become a parent. Right. But when you become a parent, it becomes a parent. <laughs> uh, that's the freestyle side that yeah, we talked a... about. But yeah, that's, I mean, like we, were, my wife and I were talking, we were driving back from, from Lake City, which is a few hours away. And we we're just saying like, I'm so blessed to be able to say, you know, Cora, our granddaughter can spend time with both sides of the family and still have the same values rooted in the word of God, the same lifestyles that are practically applying the word of God into their lives. Mm. And I can feel confident in that. And that's just a rare thing that I fully recognize I'm, I'm way beyond blessed in that regard. That's um, cool. But also it's a mantle that I want to carry and say, okay, I want to do everything I can to make sure I extend the lessons that my parents learned so I don't have to go through the same things to learn them right. that they did. And then also add on top of that so that Cora can have even a better starting point than I did because I had a great starting point but I want to give her an even better one and I think that's that's why the Bible dives into generational blessings because I think generational blessings and curses are just the practical reaction from decisions that you make in your life like Mm. if you decide to do wise things and to to seek the Lord then you're, the next generation is going to practically be blessed, right? If I decided to, you know, just run off on my family, then yeah, that's going to be a generational curse for my for my daughter. Now, there's other aspects of that, but that's how I've always found it to be true. Just observing other families and other situations, and, and even my own. So it's yeah. the uh, sowing what you're, you know, reap what you sow. Yeah, anyway, that principle right there. Yeah, you know, and, and it's yeah. a simple principle, but it's like easy to understand, hard to apply. Yeah. And then we don't want to do it. <laughs> I know. I always talk about how consequences is a negative word, but it it, does, it can be positive as well. It's just a thing. You know, you do this and the consequence of that is this thing. 100%. And most of the time we think it's negative. Which is our culture. Is our culture, does. right. Yeah. But it's it can be positive and negative. And mm-hmm. it's just that principle of sowing and reaping. You, yeah. Dude, could, I mean, on that point, could you imagine bowling and there not being any gutter balls? Yeah. Just every time you rolled it, you hit a pin? Yeah. You would fun. never get better. Yeah, you would never. So like every time you roll a gutter ball, like you kind of like should be proud of that because <laughs> you can learn how not to do that because right. you learned how you did it. And like it's just like I was talking about relationships with a family, a family member the other day, and just saying like I, you know I've had a relationship where I let it happen and it ended up being something that that wasn't right. And thankfully it was cut off. But I, I remember specifically when I met Ren in a relationship, it was that relationship that helped me know exactly what I was missing. Because as soon as I met Ren and was with her, I was like, that's what it was. Yeah. That was missing. Uh, and so sometimes life, yeah. you have to kind of go through the way. failures. That's why God disciplines. He chastises us. He disciplines us because it helps us grow and experience. And if we just avoid that, then we're just going to be stuck in our own cycle. And, and that's, I think, why depression exists so much because we don't push ourselves to grow. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, gonna, no, 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 no. Hey, you're crushing it. You're yeah. crushing it right now. This I'm, is what this is what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I yeah, that's 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 really good. Um I had a thought and now it's gone. Yeah. So sorry. No, it's okay. Um it was on the line of relation. No, I will, this is what the, some people learn by making mistakes, yeah. right? And there's ways to learn from that. 
but you don't want to make mistakes for everything. And so that no. goes back to that your parents have taught you and put you at this level. Yeah. Right? And then you're yeah. standing on this level and you've learned from their mistakes. Yeah. And then you're pushing your daughter up so that she's at the top of your level. Yeah. You know, and that's such a that's, good thing. That's that's a good way of putting it. You're yeah. like building up the next generation. But you still need mistakes. Like that's oh, a way yeah. to learn. But that's a lot of people decide, Oh, I'm not gonna listen to you. I'm gonna just make my own mistakes. Yeah. And that and it's okay, but it's just gonna be painful. Yeah. You know? No, I think well, I don't know. I think it was my dad who said this. Not entirely positive, but it was like in high school um, that it was told to me that foolishness is having to learn from your mistakes and wisdom is being able to learn from others. Mm. And like that can be your parents, but let's be honest, like one of the cool things about right now is you have access to a lot of people's thoughts. Yeah. That's a good and bad thing. But if you're really careful with who you let in via YouTube or podcasts, you could actually receive wisdom by learning from their mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an important thing for our generation to learn because there's a lot of broken families and a lot of people who might come from broken families. But find those people who love the Lord. That's the first thing with all their heart, who apply his, his principles to their lives and watch their lives and then learn from them because there's a lot of people sharing experiences that if you can learn from that, you'll avoid a lot of heartache. Yeah. Um, so that it's true. It's true. It's it's a it's an important point. Yeah. That's really it's good. There's a lot of resources out there. I've heard uh, my what my roommate back in uh, my old roommate. Now that I have a, a wife. Oh yeah. He's no longer my roommate. Oh but... yeah, that's true. You got a better roommate. Yeah. He upgraded. I don't even know your old roommate. I just know it's an upgrade. He's great. He said. Um, he said that the internet's kind of like the tree of knowledge, in a way. You know, there's just so much information, yeah. and we're eating from it, and it's and it's just making us ah. like crazy a little bit. <laughs> it's too much you knowledge. Know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of knowledge, and so it's too I, much. yeah. <clears throat> but it's good. I mean, it's like okay, anything in life it can be a resource depending on how you use it. Maybe not anything, but like like you you know Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I, I've always been amused and pretty amazing like i think he has to share some really good principles right like one of the things he tells everyone to do and if you're not familiar with dave ramsey i recommend him because i think he has really good starting principles financially but one of the things he recommends everyone to do is cut their credit card because credit card debt cripples a lot of people right and the thing is like i applied all of his principles but i never cut my credit card right and i got out of debt but I also leveraged the credit card in a wise way, yeah. um, not to say that I, you know, I'm super wise, but in a way that's like, hey, how can you use this as an advantage to ourselves? Right. So like we pay everything with a credit card. Right. Every single thing we buy, we buy with a credit card because it accumulates points. Right. And we use those points to travel. Yeah. Like when we go on a vacation or we get a hotel. Yeah. And it's insane. Like we'll go like, hey, we, we got to go somewhere. It's like, oh, we can book the hotel with points. That's yeah. really nice. But yeah. the thing is, is I pay off that credit card just about every few days. As, as soon as I remember, I pay it off. It, oh, really? To me, it's real money. Yeah. I never, ever use it beyond the capacity of my bank account. Right. Never will I. And I also, honestly, I just treat the payment as just like a checkbox, like paying the credit card. And to me, it's like, it's the same thing as paying a debit card, except for you get free money. Right. And, you know, and I right. never risk being in debt. And there's ways you can optimize your credit card too, because there's yeah. there's good ones and bad ones. Oh, there's yeah. ones that fit yeah. for you and you, like you can make wise decisions based on that too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So anyways, but the, the main point, just like the internet has so much knowledge available, if you're wise and what you filter out and what you adjust, like you can use it as a resource for yourself, but it's still in your, you have to control what you're letting in right? and, and how you perceive that. 
Um, just like you could use a credit card as a resource, but you got to control your discipline of not you're spending. Hey, stuff. I could spend ten thousand dollars this month, yeah, and I'll it doesn't, just pay it's it not back. Real. No, yeah, you're no, gonna be in real. big trouble after a while. So, yeah. anyways, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, my roommate, old roommate, hates Dave Ramsey. <laughs> hates Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. he thinks Why? that well because he says like hundred percent what you just said. Like yeah. Dave Ramsey goes to extremes because he only sees the worst of people, and then he makes. He pushes those things, right? Yeah. And he's like, you know, no. For for instance, he's like, you know, you you don't have to get rid of your credit card. You can find a credit card that works really well for you. I mean, if you're in crippling debt, yeah, yes. But for your average person, you don't need an envelope system. Yeah. So. Well, I agree. I, I agree with that. I my only challenge on that is I don't know. Maybe Dave does see the worst in people, but I think there's a difference when you're talking to an audience you don't know. Yeah. That is widespread. So yeah. if you're speaking well, to two million is, people, he's talking to the the people who are in the most devastating spots all the time. Well, he's so. looking at the data, yeah. and the data suggests that the the majority of people that use credit cards it end up being in crippling debt. And I, by the way, right. I don't I don't know the data. Maybe it's not majority, but it's a good portion. Yeah, well, and I mean, so how do they you, make money? if you're gonna speak <laughs> something and say you like, it's like if I told you how to cut off cigarettes by you know smoking one per day. That's probably not the routine, right? If right. if I'm speaking to a wide audience, it's like cut it off completely. Find these other ways to do it. Right. Um. So, anyways, I'm sure there's different varieties. I I say. It's it's best to not throw everything from everyone out. It's yeah. best to find the things that you can apply to your life with wisdom, mm-hmm. but not be a blind sheep. It's like you know what I mean, like virus, vi- just like COVID, right? Yeah, viruses exist, and vaccines generally do a good job in certain situations. But if you miss the nuance there and you blindly follow it, then you're being a sheep. Right. But if you reject all vaccines and the theory and science of vaccinations because this one was wrong, then you're actually being foolish. You're right. rejecting an entire theory that could actually benefit your life. So people need to make room for a little more nuance. I'm not saying your roommate isn't oh, yeah. doing that. Um, I, I probably butchered his argument. You too. probably did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but all your was, fault. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll <laughs> I don't know your, the roommate, and I'm not trying to call him out <laughs> no. at all. But um, I think he would agree more with you than he would yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's just how it goes. <laughs> so, but yeah, nuance is important, and nuance is like a very as we go through these issues, like nuance is critical. There's yeah. like if you just think there's two sides and one's absolutely right and one's absolutely wrong, then you're wrong. So we live in such a absolutely binary world too. It's either right or left. Yeah. It's conservative, liberal. It's you know this versus that. You know, yeah. and it, it, it's I see a lot of like. I'll pick on conservatives. I love. Con- I'm a conservative. I would say, you know, yeah. Rudin Tootin Campbell, baby. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a Republican. I mean, I do house a lot of Republican values, but labels are also stupid. But, um, you know, but with conservatives, like, there's so much good stuff. But then people are so easy to manipulate them because they can put some fakeness into their world, mm-hmm. and it comes from a somewhat reliable conservative source, and yeah. then they're like, oh, this is what it is, right. without diving down and thinking about things. I mean, it's happening on both sides. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's not happening on the other sides. Yeah. I'm just saying, I see it, and I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Like, we don't need to retweet this. We don't need to post this. We don't need to show us on Facebook. It's all garbage. Ah. You know? Like, I, I 100% agree, yeah. man. So but the tough. question is, why do you think people like to go bl- so black and white and so binary? They don't have to think. It's they don't have to do work. Yeah. yeah, they don't have just, to do work. Just react, mm-hmm. and it's like that is a great way to just fail at life completely. Yeah, like honestly, I'm just being honest. What other side you're on? If you just see things through a binary, 
and you just kind of receive whatever is told you by your side because you perceive that they're trustworthy and correct, right? Then you're gonna get manipulated. You're you're gonna get kind of gypped out of a lot of things that didn't have to happen, and that's that's too bad. So yeah. it's it's important to know that like you are your own person. That's the beauty of America. Is is it was based on individual rights. You know we're not. China, where the collective rules over the individual, where where America, where the individual's freedom is very important, and that individual freedom makes up the collective decisions. Right. And without that, then you can have a few ruling the many. And how does the many inform the few? Right, the government for the people, by the people. It's by each person having individual decisions that are informed, that are thought about, that are you know they're they're actually spending time thinking through things and then those people coming together and deciding what the majority is hmm. but if the if the minority says you have to be like this or like this pick a side and then we all pick a side then they control us yeah it's, it's an easy way to control it's what china does it's what every communist country has done so um it's just very important that you have your own individual views and perspectives in whatever side you lay on, land on at least be have integrity in searching for those because they impact your family and your life and right that's, that's critical right it's sometimes that's the baseline yeah. of what you build stuff on and if that baseline is false that can yeah. really disrupt some things yeah 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 I've, <clears throat> are you familiar with soft white underbelly it's a podcast are you no it's a i mean like, it's a youtube pro- show like physically like yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got one right here. You know, I was like, no, mine's tan, dude. The sun out here oh, yeah. is great. Yeah, I've been up in the Florida. I, I, I'm coming back to Indiana with full color. You know, there you yeah, go. it's gonna be great. Yeah, nice. but um, you know, this guy just lives in LA and he interviews people, and it's just really interesting to see um, people dealing with addiction and stuff. And mm. Um, mm. it's almost like a <clears throat> like he's a therapist in a way. Yeah, but he's not a therapist. He's just interviewing people, and you're hearing their stories and stuff. But uh, a lot of times it's that false kind of foundation that people are built on mm-hmm. and then as they grow up it crumbles and yeah. then it just spirals right. into some stuff now it's not they make decisions everyone makes decisions yeah. a lot of them um, have some victim mentality but also own up to their decisions too like yeah. they chose to do these drugs and things like that right right um, but it's just really interesting to see like just the 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 base that a lot of people grew up on and so yeah it is yeah. you know when or you're building a, yeah. a philosophy and a way of thinking you gotta make sure it's on some good stuff you know 100 i mean yeah. we out like when you build a house you got to make sure it's built on the right foundation that's right. strong enough to support the house that you're going to build up on it and we start building before we even secured the foundation that's the problem but like e- even like now in the church like contextually and and I'm for those Talk who aren't in the church, it, this is a big thing. It's called deconstruction, right? Hmm. Like you've you probably heard the term, and it's like a very polarizing term. Like where I've seen progressive Christians are all about it, and then conservative Christians treat it like it's a Satan, you know, Satan's tool. Which I think it can be, but I think the tool was not uh, was not deconstruction, but it's what led to that, right? So like in deconstruction, by the way, it's just this, this idea that, Hey, I've kind of followed this, the church's beliefs for my whole life, but I've never found them for myself. Right. And so I'm going to deconstruct my faith completely. And see, the problem is some people go as far to say, I'm going to deconstruct all the way to, I'm going to find what religion is right for me. Yeah, and then and then that becomes. I've had a, friends who've done that. Yeah, and I have too. I've, yeah. We've probably all had friends who who grew up yeah. in the church and have done that, and I think that's sad. Um, but 
because there's so many reasons you shouldn't do that. But all that being said, the, the main point is there's another side of deconstruction, which I think we all have to do, which is if you grew up in a Christian home, you have to find your faith in God for yourself. Yeah. And there's a lot of beliefs that a lot of uh, the cleaning crews here, oh, is they it? probably didn't pick that up. Are but, they going to come down here? Uh, probably, but I'll just tell them to wait. Okay. Uh, yeah, no okay. worries. Um, so, yeah, anyways, the whole point is that deconstruction can be a good thing right. as long as you keep it on the foundation of the Word of God. Like, if the Word of God is your foundation, and, and you can deconstruct further than that, just be careful, right? Because right. there's a lot. If you don't, al- if you aren't already equipped with strong principles and apologetics and understanding truth, right, and you've just kind of inherited it, the problem is that a lot of Christians or people in the church start with a negative bias because usually deconstruction starts from a, a sense of the church hurt me right or i was gonna say if I, I'm hurt. yeah i was hurt yeah. or you know uh all or i've seen people be hurt or the media has told me that the church has hurt a bunch of people so yeah. it always goes like the church is hurting people um and then if you deconstruct to the point of which religion is true then you're going to already have a negative bias towards christianity hmm. and it's and, it, and it's going to have to get over some hurdles that are built on lies right but at the end of the day um, those hurdles can sometimes be devastating. So, but the, I, I think the whole reason we were saying that is if you can secure your foundation, because there is a good form of deconstruction, and it's the right. side that says I built up a lot of things, but I'm not sure where my foundation is. And so, just reestablish. Like one thing I'm, I'm leading, I lead a young adults group at our church, and one of the things I really want to do is reestablish the importance of theology. And like that's a bad word, but like bad theology hurts people. And I love that quote. Bad theology hurts people. Like, it truly hurts people. So we kind of got to re- go back to the basics, right? What is the gospel, right? What is truth? Yeah. Where did we come from? What is our purpose? And then go into the Word of God and see what it says. Give it a chance to speak for itself. Um, and then I believe if you do that, that the Word's truth will, will kind of reign in your life. And you'll start to see all these other things that you've had questions about come together. Yeah. But it's a journey. Um, it does take time, too. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Like you're yeah. processing. Sometimes when I do something, I process it, and I'm not realizing I'm processing. You know, like on your yeah. when you control Alt Delete and you pull up your my computer tasks mm-hmm. or whatever, and you see all the all the apps running in the forefront, but yeah. then there's like a billion apps running in the background, in the background that you had yeah. no clue about. Yeah, and that that's me sometimes because I'll listen to something, I'll think about it, and then I'll go in my week, and then a week later, two weeks later. I'm like, oh, I wonder about this. Yeah, and right. I processed it for so long, right. but now I've come out of it. But not just like not even putting focus on it sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You know? And then, or if you you you, sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I'll I'll see something and think about it, and then go on, and then as I'm reading, you know, two three weeks later, something else and it just correlates. Yeah, it correlates. Mm-hmm. That see, I mean, like, look, I don't know what who your audience is, but. Yeah, there's three of them, and one of them is my dad. <laughs> cool. Well, the Bible gets a really bad rap by the yeah. culture, naturally, right? Yeah. And if you believe the Bible, you know why, right? It would make sense. There's there's an agenda there. But the whole point is, like, let the Bible speak for itself because it speaks very well. Mm. That's that, that's what people don't do. They, they try to filter the Bible. Like, for instance, if on your deconstruction journey, you're just going to another denomination to see what that preacher says about the Bible. Yeah. That's wrong. Like, the Bible speaks for itself so well. And yeah, that's, you don't need a denomination. But the problem is, just like we were talking about in the binary world, it's a lot easier to receive than to find out for yourself. It mm. just is easy. And so you got to push yourself. And it's just like... Yeah, it's you, work. It's work. Yeah, it's work. It's work. It, it, and, and it's good work. It's, yeah, it's a good it's work. It, and it 
pays you back yep. tenfold. But I think it's important to just go like I, I'm reading through even the Old Testament and understand how yeah, all of that so points sick. to Jesus, yeah. right? And how there's this beautiful narrative and symphony to Scripture. And then you start like you were saying, the more you read, the more you you'll read another chapter from another book and be like, wait, that reminds me of this chapter from this book. And you realize the Bible is so consistent in the truth that it speaks, even the things that are confusing, even the things that um, some people would say are. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah, uh, the, to counter each other. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, I don't know. Why I can't think of the term. Yeah, that. I know. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it either. Um, Inconsistent or yeah, yeah. I, contradict. Contradiction. Yeah. Like just don't hang out on the contradictions or the perceived contradictions so much. Like mm. just let the Bible speak for itself. You know. Um, and I think that God will do a work in you if you allow that to happen. I, I challenge anyone to just do that. Get in the Word. Seek Him. Get get with the church that you can ask questions to, right, that has wise leaders. A good, a good church. A, a, yeah. a church that can be, like, a that is community. founded on the Word because there's a lot of churches, um, yeah, that yeah. are. Now, we could go really deep in the church culture stuff, but, right. we, that, you know, we, we go deep in everywhere. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the main point there is um, your foundation is so important. For, for everything you do and it all goes it all kind of correlates because we're talking about having your own beliefs and views that are kind of impervious to the attacks of manipulation and propaganda from all these you know media people hope someone's coming in supposedly you think that's try one more time I think that might be our food <laughs> we got food coming That all recorded. That was awesome. I thought that was the food. Yeah, did she like visibly jump? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was scared as well. Oh, oh man. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, I can see car, but your car was in the back. You know. Da- Polaris. Yeah, Danny's car is a Polaris. Mine, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a Gator. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice. It's a nice commute. Yeah. <laughs> two minute commute. Not even In the jungle. Yeah. Um. No, I, I I've. Uh, <clears throat> Things have been deconstructing for me while, while as as my walk has happened, and it's been things like, oh, I thought this way about this passage, and now um, maybe there are other alternatives. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Maybe it's not so. This is how it is. Yeah. You know. Well, like what's that one we were it. talking about? Yeah. The mind blowing. The the uh, women should not wear men's clothing. No, no, no. The no. the thief seeks to kill, steal, oh, and yeah, destroy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And like, if any of you have ever read that verse or heard it quoted a lot in messages it's always quoted as the devil now is it wrong no because like the thief seeks to kill steal and destroy yeah the devil seeks to do that we could probably see that in other parts of scripture but the main point is the passage that's quoted there is not talking about the devil it's and if you read it it's i think it's john 20 um and jesus is giving a parable and he's talking about false teachers (laughs) Like, so the thief is a false teacher that seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, and that will abandon the sheep when the wolf comes because they're only there for the money. That's mm-hmm. literally what Jesus talks about. Now, if any, you don't even have to be in the church to see this because this is the part of the church that gets the most publicity, right? right. It's the Kenneth Copelands. It's the <laughs> it's the TV televangelists. Who's the, who's the Justin Bieber pastor? Yeah, yeah the Carl Lenses, right? Yeah. 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 Um, the Carl sit on the fences. You know what I mean? Like, that. these people <laughs> are not 
true Christianity. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying they're all false. I can't judge them, but there are yeah, a lot of their them. Intentions. Yeah, but you can listen to what they're saying, and you can judge you, the fruit. You can discern. You can judge mm-hmm. the fruit, and if you know your word, you can judge what they're yeah. saying. You're listening to this podcast, and you're discerning as well. Yeah, everyone is who's listening to this. We'd be a better world if we all were encouraged, especially in the church. I, I speak to the church a lot, but even in the world, but especially in the church, we'd be a better church if we were all encouraged to discern and correct each other, mm. including the preachers. And and they yeah. use this verse like uh, "Do not harm the anointed" or whatever, um, which doesn't even come from the New Testament and isn't even talking about a preacher. Oh right? really? Yeah. That's the the like don't talk to. Do not place pre- hands or harm an anointed one. Uh, God's anointed. Like that's mm-hmm. the same thing these televangelists say. You can't correct me. I'm you know I, I'm I'm informed by the Spirit. I walk a holy life. Yeah. That's all. That's all. You know, it's just fake to me. Okay. Yeah. And and I I think you can when you see a duck. And it quacks like a duck, and it, and it walks like a duck, and it waddles like a duck. It's a duck. Like, you don't have to like, yeah. try to do these loops and say, oh, no, it's right. a chicken. I swear it's, it's a chicken. And the duck's like, I'm a chicken. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you're a chicken. No, you're not a chicken. You're a duck. You got yeah. a bill. So, you know, that's the thing that we have to do more in the church is just be a little more strict about that in our own lives. Because, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, we put pastors on pedestals. Yes. Uh, and that's our That's culture. not even biblical, right? No. I mean. I've never, yeah, they're, it's a cohesive unit. Yeah. You know I mean, it's not one guy that leads. There's like very, I don't even think there is a place in scripture where the preacher is elevated above the other ones. Yeah. There's like the overseer of the church and there's all these correlations. But that for those who only see the church from the outside... I just want to be very clear. The church that you see is probably not God's true church and how he wanted it to function. Mm. Because the church that you see is the one that gets the most views because they're either the most controversial or they speak the most tickling things. And what I mean by tickling, the Bible says they want to tickle the ears. They want to tell you what you want to hear. Hey, if you pray real hard, you're going to be blessed. The Joel Osteens, right? Because it doesn't convict and challenge you. Just like we were saying, you don't want the consequences and you don't want to be challenged. You don't want to be disciplined. That's why these people get popular. But there's a truth that actually is in the Word of God that a lot of local churches are applying. And you just got to find the right ones. And I promise, like, it's going to be a whole different experience. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my yeah, sense. Yeah, I was talking to my dad about this uh, on the last last podcast I did with him. But, <clears throat> like, one of the things I've been feeling recently is just as all this turmoil happens, you need to be plugged into a good community. And yeah. where I find that is my church. But yeah. when I say good community, that doesn't mean go to church. That means nah. nah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That yeah. means find a find a community, and and there are good churches out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you got to find that. Absolutely. Oh, that's food. We got tacos. Let's go. In the house. She made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then garden. Oh, you go ahead. I'm all Sorry. into gardening. We want to pause and gardening. Get, yeah, we're just like be able to provide, be self sufficient. Yes. I think you need yeah. to be plugged into a good community. I think you need to be self sufficient and be focused on that now as. Yeah things continue to get a little crazier that's what i've been really feeling like that's where we have to be recently yeah and to wrap up this part of the discussion i think our video probably went that way but that's okay you don't need to see me okay yeah, um, we'll, we'll pause it wait, to wrap up this part of the discussion let me just say one thing because it correlates with everything um we were just talking about but the the whole idea of community informs me versus my individualism informs the community that's even a biblical concept. I love the best way it was ever explained was in a book by A.W. Tozer saying that when we get together in church to worship God, um, we don't worship as a, as, a, as a communal unit. We worship as a collective of individuals with their own worship and praise brought to God that brings forth a collective song, right? That's the beauty of worship. It's mm. intimate. 
right? It's, it's a me and God thing. And if we all get together and it's me and God and then you and God and then her and God and, and whoever and God, right? right. The, his wife's right there outside of camera. Yeah. Not like, there's not like a shadow. Of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, then it, it creates the most beautiful song because it's the most genuine song that comes right. from personal experience. And so it's just, all of this goes back to individualism. Claim your foundation, you know? And then don't let these these thoughts that are from one side or the other dictate your life. Yeah, tell you, know, you how guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. So, yeah, yeah it's a good okay, pause. Let's pause this. Let's eat. And we'll come back and get into a new topic. Okay, yeah, there we go. Do you have power? Oh yeah, you're hooked up. Cool. Yeah, we're back. Oh, we're back. <clears throat> Look at us. We're back. <sighs> Belly full of tacos. Yeah. Ready to go deep. Yeah, the good stuff. Deep down the chicken trail. Is that because you had chicken tacos? Yeah. Is that what you think about that? Yeah. I think about whatever I'm doing. Yeah. It's a limitation. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is filtered through what I'm doing and it gets weird. I try to apply things that do not apply. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it works. We'll go down the chicken trail. Kind of. We'll go down the chicken trail. Let's go down the chicken trail. Yeah. Yeah. Where where is that trail located and how do you get to it? I don't know. Uh, Located in uh, my brain. Okay. And how you get to it is you go through this entire podcast. And you listen to it. Yeah, but just trust me, this could get ugly. And I'm not it gets weird. liable for any damage it does to your mental health. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Let's go there. Where, where did we come from? Uh, what was the last thing we talked about? I think we are talking about the church. The church. <laughs> <laughs> we were having like, this deep conversation uh, yeah. about how you deconstruct and... Um, you know, your belief systems and how to interpret it. Yeah. Individualism, individualism, collectivism. Yeah. Experiences. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even talk about like, uh, principalities and powers and all that. That's for another podcast. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Go back and listen to my dad cast. We talk about that with my dad a lot. He's, you and my dad are on the same train for a lot of things. Uh, I'll let him speak to that because he probably does it better than me. Yeah, so cool. I'm just going to yeah, not even try. It's been interesting because we have, Danny and I, I'm talking to the audience here, but we have conversations during our work times when we're here. And it's funny because we'll have a conversation that I literally just had with my dad like a week or two ago. It's crazy. And it's been like four different conversations. So not just principalities but it's been this thing and this thing and this like thing varying topics yeah varying yeah. topics and i'm like that's exactly what my dad's thinking that's so, cool that you're able to talk to your dad about those things yeah it's deep that's a good, yeah that's a really nice he's thing a, he's a good dude someday you'll meet him maybe. good dude he's a good guy someday you'll meet him someday you'll oh. meet him. <laughs> he says someday i'll meet him yeah. <laughs> you only talk on the phone he doesn't like, like to come to florida sad. um oh, not yeah. because he hates florida oh yeah it's because he hates not working. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's I a think different that's breed right there, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he's been to Florida a couple times. He doesn't like traveling, I don't think. Oh, um, yeah. That's crazy. Stuff, and he gets burnt really easy. That's weird to me. I don't even know a millennial that doesn't like traveling. Really? I know a lot of millennials that don't travel that still love traveling. Because it's yeah. like the thing to love. It's the cool thing. Yeah. Allison and I were literally just talking about this. It's like, it is cool to travel, but it's exhausting. Heck yeah. Yeah, we're, we're like, this is cool that we've done this, but we're tired. We're ready to get back to our hometown. That, like, the thing about it is like vacation is like, to me, something I do when I'm energized. Because I want to go to a city and experience new right. things. But when I'm tired, I'd rather just do a staycation where I'm just like literally just chilling in the house. I'm vegging. Yeah, mm-hmm. like straight up. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm, true. I'm totally here for that. I'm not a relaxer on vacation. 
I've yeah. had many a fights with family when we're on vacation because I want to go out chill. and do stuff, <laughs> and they just want to chill. Well, you're not a relaxer in general. Like you're you're <laughs> always not, ready to go. I'm an energizer. Let me roll. The energizer bunny. Yeah. We're going on the bunny trail. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, let's do it. <laughs> where are we going with this, man? Yeah, what? What do we want to get into? Well, last podcast, we talked about your conspiracies. Hey, he conspiracies. You was, was This the, was actually, you know, it... Sorry to, to cut you off, no, no, but it, it was like a... It's not a conspiracy, actually, in my mind. It's just all the facts. Like, I actually did journalistic research on everything that I shared there. Not not to that level, because I got a full-time job and I'm a parent, Like, but I did enough research that was very obvious, and I have links and screenshots of everything I went through. Mm. And it's like, it wasn't... I didn't find these sources in, like, Infowars.com. Like, right. I found it on Wikipedia. Which, you know, maybe it's not a liable source, but most Wikipedia pages at least lean left. So if you're finding it on Wikipedia, there's a good it's chance. It's not a right-wing conspiracy. Yeah, it's not a right-wing conspiracy. So anyways, um, yeah, Bill Gates, dude. Well, let's just really quickly say you on the last podcast took Darwin and correlated him to Bill Gates. Yeah. That's, that's direct the path, correlation. That's the path you took. Yeah. Well, so re- we don't have to that. recap it, but Dude, we could recap it. It's a good recap in my mind. I, okay. I, I think this is fascinating. So, But it really starts, it doesn't start with Darwin. And I'm going to try to, re- it's been a while since I've been through all of this. But it actually starts with a guy named Thomas Malthus. Okay. Um, and if you've ever heard of it, he was the guy, I think it was in early 1800s. He came up with the theory of um, basically overpopulation okay. and us running out of food supply. So okay. his prediction was we were going to run out of food supply to feed the amount of population in the world. And that was like a thing. As it grows. Yeah, as it yeah. grows. Yep. And it, he well, he expected it to like in the 1900s, we already be out. Okay. But he happened to say that before the agricultural revolution, which mm-hmm. was when food production and exporting and all of those things ramped up. So it ended up being a non-issue, right? What he was looking at wasn't even the circumstance anymore 20 years after he stated all that. Right. But he had a, a collection of devoted followers called Malthusians. And you can look this up. Malthusian theory is, is, is his theory. It's the theory of overpopulation. It's where it all came from. Um, but one of those, um, those people who was very influenced by um, Thomas Malthus was, in fact, Darwin. Um, so mm. Charles Darwin, he was he was a, a big proponent of Malthusian theory, and, and he had a cousin, and I, I just wish I had the name. Um, Darwin's cousin. Can we do some Google in here? Because no, this is where it might get fun. Um, Let's, uh, I'm going to do this real quick. Because I went really fast last time. Uh, overview. Go for it. But, yeah, it's over. It's overlaying right now. So when they're watching the video, they'll see us. Perfect. There he is. See, this is on Google. Google recommended it. Okay, oh, yeah. like when I, his name was Francis Galton, and they call him the father of modern eugenics. Okay. Um, and for those of you who don't know, eugenics was a scientific theory that came into play around this guy's life. So he was born in 1822 and died in 1911. But really, it was like the 1880s, I believe, like later in his life when he really went in for eugenics. It might have been the 1860s. But eugenics was this theory that, like, through generations, you had stronger um, genes and weaker genes that were developed, right? And so um, the the whole basis is that, like, you're going to have this set of people 
that's stronger than this set of people because they came from stronger genes, right? And that, that's kind of the, the, in a nutshell, child's view of what eugenics is. The, the problem with eugenics is obviously you can see that that type of landscape sets the tone for really bad racism, right? Yeah. And really like, and, and also how do you determine weak and strong genes? Well, they determined it by success. And how do you determine success? Money. Well, money, right? Wealth. Money, power, power, wealth, influence. Yeah. So all of the worldly views of success determined how strong your genes were, which is, we know is completely bad science. Yeah, that's false. It's ridiculous. But the question is, where did this theory come from? Because a lot of the wealthy, powerful people have just been inbreeding, <laughs> which does not help with the genes. Dude. Exactly. Like yeah, and so then you even look at this guy, uh, Francis. Let's see something. Galton, and then um, Thomas. I'm not sure if this is the correlation or if Darwin followed him, but anyways, uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds. But uh, Francis Galton and Darwin were cousins. Okay, okay? Um, and. I believe the the theory of eugenics influenced the theory of Darwinism, right? Mm. And so your cousin, you know, just picture your cousin comes up with this theory of eugenics. You're both scientists, and you both are influenced by this guy Thomas Malthus, right, who believes in overpopulation. Well, if you believe in overpopulation, the eugenics sets a really good tone of dealing with that issue, right? right? Well, let's get rid of the weaker genes. Because and then we'll promote the stronger genes in society. It's going to be a healthier society. And it's going to be healthier. We'll only have strong people and we won't have enough food. We'll, we will have enough food to feed everybody. Mm. So, But you can see how those things kind of correlate. Now, whether they were in leagues together, I don't know. But all I know right. is his cousin came up with modern eugenics, which paved the way for the worst atrocities of the 20th century um, in, in the Nazi regime, the Holocaust. Like, that's eugenics directly influenced that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also Master race. the worst uh, atrocity of the 21st century, which is abortion, right? So that eugenics influenced all the people who led those things into prominence. So, mm. um, But Darwinism really made eugenics popular. Right, because Darwinism is just eugenics, but instead of it just being the human population, it just For extends all. it to everything that was ever made. Right, yeah. humans are the stronger gene, right, and um, that's why there it's the survival of the fittest, natural selection. Right, so there's going to be animals that go extinct. There's going to be even probably certain parts of population that go extinct if you follow that logic. So if you combine eugenics and Darwinism, you have a very solid case that was accepted in science. The most prominent scientists accepted Darwinism and eugenics in the early 1900s that makes the case for wiping out portions of the population because that's survival of the fittest, natural selection, and the strong have to take out the weak in order to survive. And they're influenced by Thomas Malthus who said that we're going to run out of food for the whole population. Wow. You yep. see how that correlates? Yep. So, okay, what does this have to do with Bill Gates? That's the question. But this is this is all history, okay? This is not conspiracy. This is what we've talked about right now. You can go, I mean, if Google is recommending it, it just means not enough people are onto it so that they have to censor it yet. Yeah, they don't censor it. But they're recommending it. After this podcast, it's definitely going to be censored. Oh, yeah, because it's going to blow up. Uh, <laughs> but it, what's crazy is I've never really, I, I, this was just a thought pattern that came to me a year and a half ago. And I started exploring it. I've never seen anyone cover this, like to the extent that I kind of went, because I'd never seen anyone go, anyone go back to Thomas Malthus. Because what do you hear all the time? Overpopulation, yeah. overpopulation. Yeah. We're gonna run out of resources. We're gonna the right. climate change, and it all right. is focused Cut on down these all grand of our, our forests, and we're gonna yeah. 
you know, there's not going to be enough to... Not enough space to, for people to live and, yeah. and not enough food for people to eat, which is a complete lie. It, and even now, like Elon Musk and you know, these guys, Jordan Peterson, they're already saying that our biggest struggle that we're going to face next is actually underpopulation because yeah. this whole overpopulation myth has driven people to not have kids, among other things, and also scared people into... Well, I mean, you can look at abortion and all those things. But see, there's a good case that what we're dealing with now in underpopulation is an extension of those those theories that came up in the early 1900s mm. because they have a direct impact. So first impact, on right? On our culture. On our culture. Which is now dictated. And the institutions people... that have arisen through our culture, yeah. right? Because like, and this is what we'll kind of get into. Because So you have Darwinism, um, and then you have this guy, Francis Galton, um, mo- father of modern eugenics. So in a way, Darwin, the theory of Darwinism, re- or, or, of, ev- of evolution, I think it is. Yeah. Um, the theory of evolution kind of made eugenics mainstream right but back then packaged it so it wasn't just eugenics right up right up yeah so now here's the thing eugenics right now not cool right yeah um well to us some people might still be yeah some crazies but i mean generally you can't go around parading eugenics it's very racist yeah. Um, and it's and it's also it looks down on the poor. That's like the the two yeah, oh, worst yeah. things in or, societal uh, norms right now. But you know, for a long time, it was used for like just eradicating black people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, you'll see how it's still being used to do that. So, like, look at this. Um, I I mean, I don't know what this source is, but you can kind of look this up. This is yeah. You That's the, a, the amount of I don't it's know, a government website. That, that was is, a, that was a government. Yeah, website. it's a government site. So I mean. You can see all these sources that are going to go into, and I, I don't know if I'm going to, I am haven't verified the sources, but the whole point is you can look up um, scientists who, and I remember doing this specifically, who supported eugenics okay. and were big believers in eugenics. It's everyone, every like almost every prominent scientist in the early 1900s believed in eugenics, right? And, and it was the most racist thing of the day. Um, and... Not only the scientists, but a lot of the wealthy and powerful individuals believed in it. Why would you believe in it? Well, if overpopulation, Malthusian doctrine, this whole idea that we're going to run out of food supply, among the fact that you feel like a god, like if you've got all the power and wealth, what's the next thing you can have that fulfills that desire, that craving? Well, it's instituting your power and wealth to control others. And the ultimate form of control is deciding who lives and who dies. Yeah. That I mean that it's true, that's, right? Yeah. And that's that's the human heart, it's evil. So it's not that they are some crazy evil people, it's that they just were allowed to experience the fruit of their own evil ambition and it led to terrible, terrible things. But like the Rockefellers, you know, I don't know if you know the Rockefellers. Yeah, they're a family. Yeah, they're a family. Who run they're like Black Rock. Oh, yeah, like the, the New York Vanguard. Christmas tree. That's at the Rockefeller Center. Yeah. Um, Rockefeller is like one of the most prominent. I think they were oil people or they were steel people. Steel people. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were steel people. Carnegie was oil. One I think of those. Carnegie was steel. Carnegie was steel. I think. Who was oil? It might be Rockefeller. Have you seen the movie There Will Be Blood? You can look it oh, up. Oh, yeah. It, yes, I have. Uh, yeah. That's that was a great oil, movie. right? Yeah, that was so good. Oh, look at this. Now it's already known what I'm looking for. Dude, gonna, <laughs> it's on my browser. Someone at your door it's tomorrow. It's on my browser. This is not good. <laughs> Yeah. John D. Rockefeller, business, American uh, businessman, philanthropist. He's a philan. Now, this is the term we have to talk about. Philanthropist. philanthropist. Okay, philanthropist. Where did that term come from? The Rockefellers? It came from... Okay, this is insane. All right, l- let me just get to it. Okay. 
Oil. And, well, yeah, so oil, okay. All right, so the Rockefellers. But one very prominent person, and I think this is the next step in the equation, that believed in the theory of eugenics, Malthusian theory over population, and Darwinism, um, she founded an institution that continues to kill babies Thatcher. every day. Margaret Sanger. Sanger. Margaret Thatcher was a beloved British prime minister, and I've made that mistake before <laughs> on Twitter. I said, Margaret Thatcher has killed me. She's a beloved prime minister of Britain. I was like, you sure? And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you can't edit on Twitter. You no, know? you can't. Um, this is back You can day. now. If oh, you, you pay Twitter $3 a month oh, subscription. So you're funding that censorship fund right yeah. there. Um, well, but you can edit, and you can also um, write more than... But can you edit before they censor you? Oh, that's a good probably question. not. Yeah, They're probably quick not. on that. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter fingers. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Margaret oh, wait, Sanger. Okay, and and I want to show you this. Um, if we just go, this is the best thing to do here is just go to their Wikipedia pages. So we go to Margaret Sanger here. We'll pull this up. Wikipedia truth of all. So the golden <laughs> but you can kind of see a history so she was a birth control activist sex educator writer and nurse um, popularized the term birth control opened the first birth control clinic in the united states and established organizations that evolved into planned parenthood federation of america now she she started planned parenthood okay um i don't know why it said it that way that's weird um so <clears throat> Yeah, and then they're always going to target her criticisms of abortion. But let's just go down, because if you go down, you'll see that she is very involved with social activism. Um, but then, and I don't know if you're going to find this. Let's oh, just socialism do Socialism in the United States. Control yeah, she was a socialist. And um, let's see if we go down here. Rockefeller. Here we go. You can see some Rockefeller references. The American Birth Control League. Sanger shifted away from radical politics, and she founded the American Birth Control League to enlarge her base of supporters. That's not the only thing that she founded, and she obviously partnered um, and got extensive funding from Rockefeller. Now, mm. one thing, let me just set the tone here. Rockefellers, and I'm going to do this really quickly, believed in eugenics to an extreme point. To the point where they were actually funding, and I, I have, I'm not going to find these sources because right. it takes too long, but I have these. So if anyone's questioning, I can shoot them if to you. If they want receipts, I can get them. I you. got the receipts, okay? The Rockefellers directly funded Nazi studies on Jewish twins in the Holocaust, and they were studying it because of eugenics. They saw the Jews as a weaker, um, weaker population, race. Yeah. weaker race, and so they were purposely doing studies. They directly funded. Um, studies in Auschwitz on the twins and that's oh, an infamous geez. study um, and in fact it, just to show you that it is an infamous study this won't connect the Rockefellers but I can do that again with the receipts I don't know how to spell Auschwitz is that it? yeah maybe I think there's a C in there but, yeah I think you're good um, DuckDuckGo will tell you oh you're on DuckDuckGo on yeah. here not for long though I think I'm yeah I've heard some things the twins of Auschwitz um, <clears throat> yeah the, it, it was Mengele uh, he re he reported directly back through some different channels to the um, Rockefellers. To the Rockefellers, she's a famous torturer from from the Auschwitz um, uh, Holocaust or uh, concentration camp. So the whole point is, and and you can verify that, but the Rockefellers were obviously into some evil crap, and it was all based on this eugenics theory. Um, they were also a lot of these eugenic scientists were very racist. Like they would bring yeah. into museums. Um, there is this infamous story of these scientists bringing a um, young Per, young boy from an African tribe and putting him in the exhibit with the animals 
and he lived there and eventually committed suicide. Oh my god! Because he was with a monkey. That's a true story. There's a documentary on YouTube about that. It's insane. Oh my word. But all these scientists see what what you'll see on the documentary. It's like, see, America was racist. Well, yeah, I mean, America had a lot of terrible crap, and the fact that we accepted that. But who was promoting this? The elites. The elites. The people in control. Well, that was happening across all European countries. Guess who else was a big believer in eugenics? Yeah, it was happening across the world, but in eugenics and a big believer in all the things that led to that little boy committing suicide in the in the monkey cage, Margaret Sanger, the lady who started Planned Parenthood, she was she actually founded the World Population Council with Rockefellers, right, and with other people who I won't get into their names. I used to know all their names, but she founded this World Population Council, which was directly focused on maintaining world population. And then you know what else the Rockefellers founded was the um, World Wildlife Fund. You know this panda yeah, here? Yeah, WHF. WWF, yeah. I think. World Wildlife Fund. Yeah. You sure it's not WHF? Oh, it's a fump. Maybe it's WHF. Uh... No, there it is. This one. WWF. WWF. Yeah, so yeah, with the, with the this is yeah, 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 this yeah. is a I big. I see those stickers all the time. You could donate there. We could sell site stacker to them. We should. This was founded by was like the sponsored. Rockefellers. Now, oh, what's very important about this is this was founded when... Wait, wait, when tell me that me they see. have money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tim and found his next prospect. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, World Wildlife Fund founding. Check this out. History. Okay. Let's see when it was. This started. is on their website, by the way. This is the World Wildlife Fund. Yeah, this is website. right on their website, 1961. <clears throat> okay. Okay, that's well after. Sanger. Well, well after Hitler. Okay. Okay, because here's what happened with eugenics. You want to know the reason it's not popular anymore? Because Hitler. Hitler was a, a huge believer in eugenics. You know, know something crazy? You can find quotes from all these scientists and the people who were in leagues with the Rockefellers um, and Margaret Sanger. All, like they were all, they were a group. This World Population Council, this National Birth, they were all part of the same group that believed in eugenics. Um, and I'll explain how that correlates with Bill Gates, but I'm going kind of slower here. But the whole point is, is that these people, they were, um, they were, they were, um, sorry, you can find quotes that directly complimented Hitler before um, World War Two, oh, because of Hitler's extreme eugenics policies. Like- in fact, there's quotes from some of these scientists who were in, in cahoots with these, the Sanger and Rockefeller people, that said, "I, I, um, I commend Hitler, and I'm not quoting exactly here, but I commend Hitler for actually realizing the theory of eugenics in reality." Oh wow! And these were American scientists. There's a whole bunch of them. They right. were complimentive. Well, complimentary. We all, I mean, also we brought a lot of Nazis over. Oh, After that's a whole war. different pa- Operation Paperclip. <laughs> yeah, Operation yeah. Paperclip. That, yep. That's a whole different thing. But see, the, the whole point is this theory of eugenics, I think, is playing a major role in everything we're seeing today. Oh, interesting. I really do. Because you can see how they had their hands in, in Nazi, or the Nazi regime and um, in the Holocaust and all of these different things. And now the other way you'll see that they've continued to persist because, and let me just stay focused here. The reason the World Wildlife Fund was, stayed in, was started in 1961 was because at that point eugenics was no longer a suitable method of right. trying to get people to lose their individualism and focus on these kind of these ideologies of 
Um, it's more about the group than the person, which is right. what eugenics kind of was. To preserve humanity, we have to, to kill off the weak, right? Yeah. That's the idea. Well, now you have to kind of focus on something else. So the World Wildlife Fund was started. Um, I think there was another one. Uh, but there, there was a couple like other PETA, organizations. Things like Pe- that. Yeah, PETA, but Maybe it was also PETA, um, it was it was focused on environmentalism. Yeah. The in the 60s. That's the new. Yeah. yeah. The, the hippie rage, all those things. Yeah. The environmentalism, but this was keep in mind. I'm not being crazy here. Rockefellers, the Rockefellers started the World Wildlife Fund, and just so I can show you, receipt, that's like not hidden. Um, it, it might not even be. They might have taken it off their site. We're going up here. Oh yeah, to the sixties. Well, it started in sixty-one. Um, they didn't even do it. You can find it um, on. So Danny is for those who are just listening to audio, is searching up all of these terms, and I am definitely going to get raided here soon. Or swatted or something. Keeps on saying how to kill okay. a Rockefeller. Oh. Sorry. Um, I think the... <clears throat> yeah, like Godfrey A. Rockefeller, best known for his environmental interests and role in the World Wildlife Fund. Um, so you could probably spend some time... I don't want to spend too much time looking here, but yeah. these Rock, the Rockefeller Foundation especially was very much involved with the World Wildlife yeah. Fund. They had their ties to it. Now, what's the Rockefeller Foundation? It's philanthropy. Right. right. So we're about to get there. But first, Margaret Sanger, okay? She starts Planned Parenthood. We're going to kind of fast track to the end of this. But she starts Planned Parenthood, um, and there's numerous... Well, there's letters, there's numerous evidence that the, the purpose of Planned Parenthood was to actualize eugenics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, what does Planned Parenthood do? It kills off babies, okay? Now, you, you parade it around as, as birth control, you parade it around as women's rights, you parade it around, but then you strategically place the majority, like 90% of Planned Parenthood facilities, which a lot of people know this by now, in low-income areas that are majority African-American. Mm-hmm. And she even tried to pay African-American nurses to kind of disguise themselves and try to coax people into getting abortions. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that she did. But see, the thing is, is it's very well documented that she believed in eugenics. It's very well documented that she believed um, in all of these kind of racist theories and was in leagues with the Rockefellers who funded Nazi studies. Like they weren't just correlated they were directly partnered right yeah. they both started the world population council they both started these different agendas um so there's some crazy but planned parenthood is is literally the most racist idea when you think about it because their founder was was influenced primarily by eugenics because it's a great way of you set it up at every street corner you give people birth control so that they don't have kids because that's the first thing right what's the first way that you can prevent certain aspects of society from continuing to grow you give them a bunch of birth control because impoverished people have the most kids on average that's and bill gates says that all the time but the, the impoverished kids um or impoverished people will typically have more kids so you give them birth control you and then you'd prevent it that way and then in addition when they do have a kid when it doesn't work sometimes and and accidents happen i guess 
you give them abortion, right? You let them kill their kid and you strategically put pressure on that and, and market it and put these marketing campaigns around it. So there's a lot of evidence and again, receipts. I literally have screenshots of things she said. Um, she's already said that um, there's a letter that where she basically says that we're going to try to take out black people is pretty much what she's on super paraphrasing that um so anyway the point though yeah Yeah, that's good so anyways okay so she has all this background eugenics she starts planned parenthood planned parenthood um obviously grows over time and she creates the birth control pill she creates all these different things and the studies that that was that involved in that like in uh, puerto rico killed like 14 different women because they didn't really test it and they didn't really care about killing puerto rican women like if we it's so crazy because planned parenthood is like part of the agenda of social the social justice movement like they they paraded around like they're part of social justice but it's one of the most racist um if you look at the demeaning organizations the history of other things yeah then yeah it's you got to deconstruct your beliefs (laughs) you know what i'm saying you got to take a look at why you believe your christian values or why you believe your social agenda values and look at what's real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and try to find the hypocrisy <laughs> in your beliefs. Yeah. But like, so all that being said, you have this kind of crazy thing that starts with Thomas Malthus, continues with uh, the father of modern eugenics, who's the cousin of Darwin, and in the theory of evolution. And all that influences a bunch of scientists um, for a long time, right? And that, that those influences lead to funding Nazi programs, to starting Planned Parenthood, and to moving towards this idea of philanthropy and environmentalism. Mm. Okay. Now, Margaret Sanger was outspoken being against charity. Do you know why? Why? Because charity helped the impoverished survive. It helped them thrive. Oh, it helped give them help a leg up in the competition, yeah. which is completely contradictory. And this is true. She, she's quoted saying this. She doesn't believe in charity right mm. because it helps those who really are not as fit as others it's it's eugenics if you believed in eugenics it would be natural to believe that wow so she in leagues with these rock clubs really came up with the term philanthropy and this idea of philanthropic organizations that instead of focusing on providing charity which is the role of the church right they focus on providing birth control providing modern medicine and science and you know science the same science that led to abortion and, and nazi camps that type of science but they're providing all that and that that's what philanthropy is right because instead of giving charity and giving them a leg up you're saying hey stop having kids that's really what it is, right? Stop mm. having kids. And so... I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would say maybe some philanthropy isn't that now. I mean, that's a... Oh, word that's I, I'm sure. Over, because right? that's what I'm saying where it started. Like, right. Uh, there's probably a lot of well-meaning philanthropy. Okay, so what you're but, saying is see, Sanger and the Rockefellers started dude, philanthropy to push their agenda. Are you telling me that the Rockefellers <laughs> care about the well-being of, of people? When, when they, they funded of studies of torture by a torturous studier um, on Nazi twins in Auschwitz, yeah. the most abominable thing that ever happened in the 20th century, they directly funded studies within that. Yeah. Um, so like, but and then they're the ones who have paraded philanthropy. Yeah, Do you see what I mean? Now yeah, there's people who within that umbrella of philanthropy who don't know that have good intentions and typically, you know, are, are secular mm-hmm. that they just want to help. And that's totally fine. I'm not coming at all philanthrop- philanthropic organizations. I'm just saying, figure out, understand where the term and where that thought comes yeah, from. Just deconstruct it. I've always wondered like, why chair, what's the difference between charity and philanthropy? That's it. Philanthropy is focused on medical and science and those different things, birth control mm-hmm. and charity is more focused on the well being of the people and giving them a leg up. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's an important point. Food education. Do we need to take a? a, a no, no. I just was. Uh, I just wanted to hear what you were talking about, and that makes way more sense. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of. But it is true. Not everyone's like that. So the whole point is that's where you get the Rockefeller Foundation. 
Okay, that's where you get um, like even the World Population Council. It was all paraded as as philanthropy. Then you get the World Wildlife Fund and these other places that focused philanthropic efforts towards environmentalism. So it stopped being so much on medical, um, like birth control and all that different stuff. While it still was that, you added this environmentalism part of the part of the play um, or part of the the uh, strategy after Hitler was ousted, and it became very frowned upon. Um, to participate in eugenics, Eugen- yeah, yeah, because yeah. You, you, he made a bad name for it. He made a very bad name. Well, he didn't, he just showed it what it was. But this is the thing. He didn't even make a bad name. He just showed it what it was. This is yeah, and, and exactly, he showed it in its ultimate form, right. which these scientists commended him on before right. we all knew about Auschwitz, which crazy stuff was happening before that. But the whole point is, yeah, Hitler's no longer in power, but these people that supported it, they're still in power yeah. in America. And just like you were saying, Operation Paperclip, the Nazi scientists who studied on this were were given amnesty, and they were brought over, and really, kind of, a lot of them worked for NASA, which is crazy. Yeah. Like they worked for the U.S. They were government. They brought over, and then they just settled really well into Florida. Undercover Operation Paperclip. It's a declassified CIA. <laughs> they probably operation. hated Florida too because it's full of Jews. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, you know they didn't send them to New York, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, dude, it's it's like. Uh, it's it's out there. So so, but what you can see is yes, we toppled Hitler because it became infamous in public what he was doing. Right. But the things he believed in, many people in America believed in, including Margaret Sanger and the Rockefellers and all these people. And those people were still in power and still prominent. And more important, the institutions that they established were still running. Kind of yeah, the, the processes they put in place. Yeah, Planned Parenthood uh, still exists. Yeah, and the, it's favorable in, yeah. in in the media's eyes. It's favorable the, in in the engine that they started is still going it's still going yeah and and nothing nothing there's no indication that they changed their belief system there's no indication that oh i I believe in eugenics but i just never thought it was going to be like that um and so you know and i realize it's a bad thing there's no indication just stop talking about it right now that now it's environmentalism because environmentalism achieves the same outcome just through a different path right and it's a little bit more friendly like we're not killing people but we're prioritizing animals and the environment over people right? right so Okay, with all that in mind, now we get to that connection of Bill Gates. He's a philanthropist. Oh, yeah, he Big is. Time. He's a huge. He's made most of his fortune after becoming a philanthropist. Crazy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He he. If you look at the growth of his like his uh, net worth, it's grown since he left Microsoft significantly, mm. um, which is crazy. But all that being said, uh, his dad was on the board of Planned Parenthood in the 1950s. Now, not much is known about Bill Gates' parents. There's not a lot of media about it, but his dad was on the board of Planned Parenthood in like the, the 50s and 60s, okay? So you already have a direct correlation there, right, where Bill Gates didn't just come out of nowhere and invent a computer. His dad was some sort of prominent figure, especially in the 50s and 60s, to be in leagues with Margaret Sanger, Right, and to be on the board of Planned Parenthood and make decisions for Planned Parenthood, um, and so which is hopefully you can see clearly a racist organization, right? That despite the fact that um, they may do some little things that are helping people, it does not outweigh the evil that they're participating in or the the, the belief system that influenced it. Bill Gates' dad was on the on the um, board of that of that organization in addition and this is what this is what really was crazy to me because right now if you look at that that whole idea of philanthropy and um, eugenics and um, 
how we take that and engage with the world, right? You get to this point of like Bill, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right? Which is, we all know, is focused on providing third world countries with medical, pra- medical like right. birth control. Yeah, he did vaccines. malaria or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, he helped out. Yes. So yeah. here's the thing. Netflix, something about it. Check this out. And this would be, I wonder if it's still here. I hope it's still here, but let's find out. Um, control find. Is that the way to do it, or what? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I know we're getting kind of long. He's looking at Rockefeller again. I am gonna get. It shows up five times, by the way. Yeah, that's one of four. Gates has credited the generosity and extensive philanthropy of David Rockefeller as an as a major influence. Okay, you see that? It's because he was a part of the Rockefeller Foundation. Mm. The Rockefeller Foundation, by the way, was what funded a lot of these different things. That was the channel of, of how they funded it because they started eugenics earlier on. Gates and his father met with Rockefeller several times. Gates and who? His father. When, when do you see Gates? Of, yeah. Yeah. He was on the board of Planned Parenthood. So how did he get connected to the Rockefellers, Bill Gates? Oh, Through Sanger. his father, yeah. right? Because Margaret, Margaret Thatcher, Sanger. From Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Margaret Sanger is well connected with them. So you yeah. can see how this is all coming. This is on yeah. Wikipedia. I'm not finding. So his bar met Rockefeller several times, and their charity work is partly modeled on the Rockefeller family's philanthropic focus, whereby they are interested in tackling global problems that are ignored by governments and other organizations. That's that's the whole you know. Yeah. So 2007, Bill and Melinda Gates were the second most generous philanthropists in America, having given over 28 billion to charity. The couple bl- the couple planned to eventually donate 90 for 95 percent of their wealth to charity. How what what saints you know? Yeah. Uh, that this is the this is the crazy thing, right? So you can you can come up with whatever conclusions you want from that, but the truth is there's a direct correlation between Thomas Malthus, eugenics, evolution, and Bill Gates. And the model of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which at first look is a little weird. It's a little weird that the founder of Microsoft started this this kind of philanthropy organization, and he was the richest man in the world, and he just wants to give all his wealth away. But then you look at what he's doing, and it's like, okay, he has a lot of money. He could probably transform an entire nation, right? But I don't see that happening. Or entire communities? Yeah, entire community. Like, like imagine so what's you- happening? Well, it's birth control. What is Bill Gates' most famous thing that he's famous for now is overpopulation, right? He, he's, he's a big proponent of stopping overpopulation. And so if he's trying to stop overpopulation, just tell me, his big thing at his foundation is vaccines. It, ha- it always has been. Before the COVID vaccine, and I've studied this even before the COVID vaccine, he would give vaccines to these third world countries for malaria and these other things, you know. And I was like, well, well if you believe in population control, why are you saving people's lives? Mm. And, and if you're if that's you're following really this question. eugenics theory, that's a valid question. It's like, okay, well, if he believes in eugenics, then why is he saving people's lives? Well, and this is where maybe people think you get in the conspiracy, but there's documented articles, journalistic articles, like not not just some third party, like real journalists from Kenya who have already found there to be, um, uh, I don't know how you, what do you call it, but basically aspects, um, ingredients in the vaccines that were making women infertile. Oh, interesting. 100%. Like, and it's, it's well documented over the past few years that these vaccines are carrying, um, I, I, I don't know what the name for it is, but it makes women infertile. And, um, yeah, that would make perfect sense to me <laughs> that that would literally follow to a T what his, what his worldview is. Margaret Sanger did right by providing, by creating Planned Parenthood positioning it in impoverished areas because based on the theory of eugenics those who are poor are weak 
So stop making babies or abort them if you do. But either way, let's get the population down. This all sounds like a conspiracy, except for our world populations going down for the first time. Like we we are not seeing an increase. Mm. Like we're starting to already see that trend go. That should what should never happen is the world gets less population, unless there's just some giant war that takes out half the pot. If we're just like we've been going through life as normal, we shouldn't have less population because every baby has multiple babies and you know, right. But it because of birth out, control, expands out, expands because out. of abortion. Because of these things, we're seeing that. And you see this Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation directly ties to the Rockefellers, to Margaret Sanger. Now, like that's a lot of stuff, and I, no one's ever shared it, and it's probably a little bit all over the place, but it's kind of important to get into the weeds because that's where they don't want you, right? right. This is the whole idea is just take what they feed you. They want you to think Bill and Melinda Gates are really great people, but now they're divorced because of his ties with Epstein. She's already said that that's one of the, the motivating reasons of their divorce. Mm. Well, why was he tied with Epstein, who ran a blackmail market with all the elites? There's crazy stuff going on. But see, yeah. the point well, is... because he wants to be God. He wants to Bill be God. Bill wants to be God. They want to play God. But yeah. it's not just him, right? There, there's it's tons. Elite. It's always been the case. When you get all this power, and it's not so far-fetched. If your ambition was power and riches and all of that, and maybe we can stop the screen share. Yeah. Uh, wrap yeah. up here. And then, uh, just press the live stream up there. Okay. Yeah. So if, if you're at, if your focus is power and wealth and that was your ambition, then once you get all that, you become the richest man in the world. What's left? Right. And they'll say giving back. I don't know. That seems weird for someone who has direct ties to Planned Parenthood yeah. and who's never gave back Rockefeller before. and somebody who never gave back. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot yeah. of people swear that he's not really the inventor of Microsoft computers, that he yeah. was just partnered with them. And so there's all that weird stuff. But all I know is there's a direct correlation. And these, these theories of eugenics and environmentalism, we're now seeing um, world population. It's not overpopulation that's going to be a threat. It's underpopulation because we're not going to be able to develop the stuff we need to keep society functioning. We're not going to be able to fill the jobs that are needed. We're not, you know, there's, these are all things that people problem. smarter than me can address, like Elon Musk, and go see what they're saying about it. But, um, yeah, man. So my whole thing is I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just connecting the dots, which they never want you to do, especially over 100 years. It's hard for us to connect the dots over two years, right? let alone 100 years. right? But if you go from Malthus to Bill Gates, you see a direct path that was followed. Right. Um, and that's kind of crazy to me. So. so what do you think the solution is for us as individuals who don't have weight, we don't have the ability, I mean, we understand what's going on, or we can be aware of it and not be deceived, yeah. right? But what, what do you think is the solution? The first step is education and being aware. And it's this is just one aspect, right? But this just shows you all of this, you can verify yourself, but they'll never tell you it. So if anything, learn that they're not telling you the full story right. ever. And by they, I don't care who they is in your life. It it's, a, it's the it's, truth. It's it could be collective. your parents, right? Yeah. And it could be unintentional, yeah. but you're not getting the full truth from any one source. So do your work, you know, and find those sources. And then the, the other thing is, it seems hopeless, and this is something that happens when you look into conspiracies and, and all this, it seems hopeless. Yeah. But one, and I'll say this every time, if your hope is in Jesus, then you'll never run out of hope. Mm. Right? In the Psalms. Because he is God. He is God. He is He's God, on right? the throne. Yeah. And Proverbs talks about all the time, their wicked ways will be their undoing. It, it, is, the, it is the wickedness of evil men who run and control things that will end up being their death. Their own wickedness will destroy them. 
And we just have to trust that. And if you trust the Lord, then you can trust that. But you can also do things. And I think that's the beauty. In America, we still have freedom. Yeah. We still have freedom. You have to use it. Like it should it had to start at mass because by the way, is it not weird that when COVID started, who was the guy that was the face of everything? It was Bill Gates. Yeah. Why? What gives him credibility? Right. Well, there seems to be a correlation between this COVID vaccine because you're seeing so much, um, you, and you can see these reports if you're not looking at mainstream media, so many cases of, um, what do you call it, uh, yeah, miscarriages. My, yeah. Miscarriages and, and wombs being barren because of, you took the vaccine. Yeah. And they call it a conspiracy, but, I mean, again, difference between conspiracy and truth is three months. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, but the There's whole point is... There's been a couple is, podcasts I've, that they've talked about that. Yeah, because a, a real woman, thing. A like, woman is born with the all the eggs that she's gonna ever have. Yeah, and uh, the vaccines, there's stuff with that. It messes with your it. DNA. Mm-hmm. It messes with. All these, but again, I ask you, who's the guy who was pushing vaccines? Number one, by far the most aware yeah, views. I got this one, Trump. I mean, uh, Bill Gates. So they were both pushing it. And that's a whole <laughs> other you, story. Do you think you could find Trump all the way back to Margaret Sanger as well? Maybe. Probably not as clearly. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure. See, like I'm sure you can find certain things, but and you could probably connect certain people. You could probably connect me to some weird person. Right. But it's different when you're participating so in the yeah. same things yeah. that they were participating in. That's what's weird. Because yeah. if it was just a connection, like oh, your dad was on Planned Parenthood. Well, I can't control my dad. He could have been on Planned Parenthood. But I'm doing right. the same things that Margaret Sanger did. Right, and that she right. believed in and now COVID hits ruins the whole world and we force a vaccine that's causing miscarriages on everybody and now population's going down yeah. and that's going to be the next crisis something's weird so it's interesting how like global warming was the crisis and now it's climate change mm-hmm. but even before global warming it was global cooling yeah. that was a big thing in the 70s it's always going to change and so it's really interesting that it's now like did it exist before Hitler not really yeah you know what I mean yeah I'm not saying that that it was all eugenics but like you're right it's It's just interesting same game different name same game different name that's what my dad used to say every time we walk into GameStop same game yeah I I like to game back in the day so we walk (laughs) in he's like this is all just the same game with a different name and he was right it was like Call of Duty and some of them had the same name but you know what I mean like the same game yeah but I was like hey that's a principle of life like this is all the same game but it's just a different name so who knows what the next version will be but my thing is just be aware and understand that all the things that we unite in and that we are supposed to get behind, like environmentalism and saving the climate. Yeah. That should be like a red flag. There's there's people pulling strings. It could be good to be behind it, yeah. right? I'm not saying that every movement is, but then if you look at it, yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's some real junk back there. Yeah. I want to say this because yeah. this is really interesting because this is what I was reading in yeah. the Bible this morning about David and Goliath, yeah. right? And you know talking about kind of you know what is their hope for direct opposition to eugenics is goliath was the strongest mm-hmm. and has survived the yeah. longest and david was the weakest yeah and but with god's control right mm-hmm. through god was able to defeat that and you yeah. see that kind of play out throughout the gospel yeah right that yeah. that that story right there it's a flip it's a flip. The whole gospel, mm-hmm. in your weakness, he's made strong. Yeah. It, that's a great point, man. Yeah. That's a great point. Boom. Because so I was like, I was thinking about that because that's, that's literally the, the answer right there. You know, yeah. In a way, you know, it sounds so bad. It's so tough. But God's like, all these people are playing God, and God's like, 
Let me show you who God is. Yeah, amen. Yeah. <laughs> amen. So, and that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. And that, like, to, to to wrap it up, that is a great encouraging note. Yep. Is like, it, it is we find hope in Jesus, but Jesus really flipped that whole system. Yeah. And you could see that eugenics is a satanic type of thing. Like, it's a satanic theory because it, it it's the opposite of the gospel. It, just to your point, like right. to flip that on its head, the, it it's the opposite of the gospel. So it's an evil theory. And I think a lot of these ideas of promoting the world and environmentalism and climate over your soul and my soul and individual liberties and and you know treating each other with respect and giving that boundary where you are an individual you deserve to have rights and and if the world's dying that doesn't matter what matters is that each individual has a right like that's a biblical principle mm-hmm. and so all of that attacks directly the foundation where we are ma- we are people made in God's image and we have our own uniqueness and our right. own identities and God gave us freedom and free will and so anytime you see this this thing trying to contradict that whether whatever it is in the media because it's the same game different name it'll be a different name 10 years from now just be aware that you are an individual with your rights and fight for those rights with all that you have and if you if they're taken away the best thing you can do is share the gospel because people find their rights through the gospel that is the like in every time where there's conflict the gospel and the church rise because if you squeeze the church god likes to show his power through weakness exactly what you're saying that's what he did with jesus they expected him to come and take and and uh basically conquer the roman empire that was oppressing the jews instead he came and he healed instead he came and he spent his time with the poor instead he came like he wasn't he and he instead he, he rode in on a donkey a servant he didn't ride in on a stallion a or a chariot he right. rode in on a donkey that's a very important point and so in our weakness we are made strong and so just have hope in that that at the end of the day god will reign and whether these are the end times or you know right. god is coming back it's all coming into end it doesn't matter because he reigns all all the more so you know maintain your hope but at the same time yeah and part of that's discernment and yeah. listening and, and understanding and going and yeah. But David did he sl- he slung the stone so he did participate. He, did. he participated. Yeah, yeah you yeah, got to yeah. participate, man. Gotta participate. I don't know if it's politics or what, but yeah. I, I think the best thing you can do is Podcast, in- impact your community. <laughs> like honestly, I'm not even on social media. Yeah. Um, one day I, I want to try to start a podcast or, or really just kind of a reaction cast like or just make videos reacting to articles and stuff and yes yeah. and headlines because i, I want to share biblical worldview and i, I want to learn it first that's why i haven't done it yet um because right. I'm, I'm hesitant to share what i don't know but yeah. that being said I, I think it's very important to impact your community so get involved yeah. with that local church a so full circle with the local church get a group of people that that is focused on truth like because it becomes easier to, to navigate and work for it when you know others around you are doing yeah. the same so like, I get encouraged when I find oh Timmons actually searching the truth of the gospel he's like he's diving into the word to understand what truth is and also he's not taking what the media is feeding him on all this politics stuff he's not opposing it he just wants what's right he wants right. what's true that yeah. encourages me to do the same it inspires me just like if I saw him work out in the gym and I hadn't been in the gym in a while yeah. like man he's really he's really going hard that inspires me so get around people who are like minded and want the truth and you'll encourage each other to seek that and you'd be shocked at how much power that has in, in actually dictating where things go because if, if one group does it that's one thing but if a thousand groups do it yeah. that could change the whole nation so that's that would be that's my cool. suggestion. Don't try to change the world; just change your world, and then the world would change after if we all do that. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Well, we've we've gone yeah. so good. Two hours, man. So solid. We did, but we set aside time. This is like uh, four weeks of you being down here, yeah. <laughs> collecting into this. And, yeah, we've been yeah. we've been waiting for this. This is this is a solid podcast. Any last words you want to say to the people? 
I think I'm good, man. Yeah. I just when, appreciate When you have a podcast, let me know, and I'll link it to this episode. Totally so, man. I mean, you may be listening to this six years in the future, and there is a little link there. Go check out this <laughs> so podcast. That would probably be me showing it to my kids. Yeah. Or something like, so. look at Dad. He was, he was so, so smart back then. Yeah. No, <laughs> smart now, too. I don't know. Kids, if you're um, listening, he's smart now, too. Uh, well, he can't verify that. <laughs> I don't even know how smart now. So. Oh, yeah, all right, dude. Good Thank stuff, you so much, man. man. Thanks for having me on. Peace. Peace, guys.